0: Exactly what kind of defenseman did the Arizona Coyotes have in Dmitry Shemeshev? We'll discuss on today's Locked On Coyotes.
1: Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked on Coyotes' number one daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcast, including on YouTube and the SiriusXM radio app. I'm your host, Robin Leonio. Matt is off today. Uh, yeah, he went to go take care of some things at work, as well as he went to go uh, save some puppies from uh, off the streets. Um, so, uh, that's okay, though, because I got a... You no, I got a good friend of mine, we haven't talked to in a minute. Will Will Scout to help us talk some prospects. Will, we really appreciate you coming on.
1: Oh, it's it's uh it's good to be back on the podcast circuit. It's been a while. Um I figure uh Robin when you came along with the the idea for the show, I couldn't say no. So uh here I am. Absolutely. We and you
0: know on today on today's episode, we really I really wanted to focus on Dmitry Shimichev um because there are like you know, different sides of fans who are either calling this a huge reach, or people who are like, you know, ecstatic about this pick. Uh, even prospect experts like yourself, like there are mm-hmm. different people who are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. One of the reasons why I brought you on is because you have Shemeshev ranked pretty highly in your pre-draft, and you actually said that you liked him
1: better than David Reinbacher. Let's get let's get hear a little about some of those thoughts you had. Yeah, I mean, I watched a bit of Simishev the like last season, so twenty one, twenty two, and um, he really stuck out for me on that team in Yaroslavl, just for the, the the size and skating ability for a guy that size. And I I I I think he's a great example of a player where you kind of have to look beyond just point production. And that's funny for me because I'm like the data guy, right? Like I I I kind of that's my that's my shtick. But with Simashev, I mean, I when I look at players, I am really only looking for guys that just do a lot of things really well. You know, I'm not I'm not looking for guys who just do one thing really well. I want to find as many I want to find as many guys who are as further along in as many areas as I can. And when I look at Dmitry Simashev, I mean, he was a player where starting the season. I watched him in September, like right when the KHL season was getting going, because I thought this kid made KHL te- the KHL team at a camp. That's unusual. And he's not playing like 30 seconds a night. He was playing decent minutes. And I'm watching him, and immediately it was apparent to me why he was in the KHL. Like, you know, he was using his feet extremely well. He was closing gaps extremely well. He was carrying pucks and, you know, just doing a lot of things that defensemen need to do really well, really well. And the fact that he's six foot five and skates like he does already um, all sort of worked in his favor to the point where I was kind of surprised that they sent him down to the junior level for a little while, but I guess to get more minutes, totally fine. Um, And on one hand, yeah, I wish he scored more points, but for me, it was more a matter of, it feels like a lot of Russian teams don't deploy their defensemen in situations where, they can push offensively very much like the guys that score a lot of points playing defense in the Russian junior league. In my experience, aren't guys that you have super high on your board. Like Magomed Sherikanov is a guy who scored a ton of points this year as a draft eligible. It took me about two months to see that this guy just wasn't really a legitimate NHL prospect, but Simashev I put him really high on my board at the beginning of the year. And I said, look, I like this kid a lot. If there's someone that can sort of push him down, I'll happily put him behind them. But Especially when looking at the defense crop this year, I just kept going to other guys like Tom Willander, David Reinbacher, Axel Sandine Pelika, and going, Do I like this guy? Do I like this player more than what I've seen out of Simishev? And the answer almost always was was no. And um, it just it just became really clear to me that this is a guy who if you give him some time, you know, you don't try to turn him into like Radko Gudis. I think if you try to turn him into you know i'm trying to think of an nhl defenseman but like a really tall l- lengthy really great skating defenseman who can defend really well um and also move a puck pretty well and may not score 80 points in a season but perform really well you know what more could you really ask for in an nhl defenseman like i again last thing i'll say is i kind of waffled back and forth on matvey mitchkov all year and on paper it kind of surprises me that mitchkov went right after Ryan, or right after Simishev. But, you know, I I saw Dmitry Simashev just hit the crap out of Matthew Mitchkov when they went head to head in one of the last games of the year I did of both of them. Like Mitchkov trying to get around him, go up the boards, and and he was just having none of it, right? And he has the length to sort of close those gaps, the feet to close the gap, and and really just challenged him. So he just kept checking all the boxes. And he at least to me felt like he was in the same group as a lot of the players that went in the 10 or 15 picks right after him. If he went to say San Jose at four or something, that might've been a little risky for me considering who was there. But I mean, it, it might be a bit of a reach, but I, I, I love the guy. I could talk about him all night and I, I think there's a tremendous amount of potential. And And if I'm a Coyotes fan, I feel like when you see him play in the NHL one day, you're going to feel pretty good about, about who you picked up. What what would you say like overall?
0: I guess you're like the three biggest strengths that you that you've been able to get from him. Like the three, like the uh, you, you mentioned a decent amount already, but I'd say yeah. like the three things that stand out the
1: most to you. It's I'd say two things that are there and one that could be there. The, the I would say his, his just the pure skating ability, like the ability to close gaps and use his reach, uh, is really good. Um, you know he. On puck retrievals and like settling pucks and and getting a getting a rush going is a little bit rough around the edges, I would say. But you know when he doesn't have the puck and he's sort of monitoring play, like he's a beautiful backwards skater, really really mobile, and that just gives him a lot of of, of ability to do stuff. And when it comes to the other stuff, I'd say his physical play is also pretty good. He d- he does this thing that I feel like a lot of defensemen could learn from at this at this age where. It's he's huge, but he doesn't need to remind you that he's huge unless it's like a last resort. So he'll go for stick checks a lot and try to strip you of the puck and turn it around a lot more than he'll, you know, leave his positioning and try to go for the hit, you know, and and try to just, you know, throw a guy to the ice. He'll stick check, guide the player to the boards and like erase the player along the boards or you know, get a nice stick check in coming up, you know, if the player cuts inside to the middle of the ice, he sort of keeps track of that player really well. So just the ability to make defensive reads and, and sort of do the right thing more often than not, I think is also really high end. And I'd say the last thing is, is the flashes of skill that you see out of him. Like for a six foot five defenseman who can skate really well, you sometimes can see guys who just don't, you know, if the puck's on their stick, they're not nearly as effective, but with Simichev. I've seen him do spinoramas in, 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 in junior hockey, right? Like I've seen him step up from the blue line, fake a guy out, spin around once cut right to the net and do stuff that you never see a six foot five player doing. And so I think if you can encourage him to sort of maybe take a little bit more risk and like try to shake guys off of him in the offensive zone a little bit more than he does. It's not so much about production so much as it's just enabling more offense for his line mates. And I think that that would be, that, that's something that you see a little bit. So I'd say those three things all together make him such a unique package that uh, I, I think that in a couple of years, he's going to just keep getting better and better and, and bring a little bit more of that skill to his game.
0: Swing at, at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right, 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend on everything from the money line to the over/under to who you think is going for the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit fanduelcom lockdown and get up to $200 in bonus bets at fanduelcom lockdown FanDuel partner of Major League Baseball. What would you say would be the reason why, like, so many others, like, had him lower on the list? Some people even had him, like, late first round mm-hmm. or second round.
1: Um, I think it, I, honestly, I don't really know, Um, because I looked at other defensemen in this draft and. You know, the ones that went in the first round at the end of the day, like, you know, I mean, we could go through them, but like the, the the defensive play with a lot of them just was not nearly as refined. I think people might see him. I think it might be hard to set aside the lack of production and go, this guy could just be a defense first guy, right? I think it's easy to sort of set that aside and go, he's good at playing defense. That's probably what he's going to be. Whereas for me. I kind of go yeah that's what he's good at but not many 17 or 18 year olds are this good at defending and it was at the KHL level when I first started really picking up on him Um, but you know like the offense is there in flashes it's it's you know. If I could sink my teeth into him as a coach or something, I would be motivating him to go, look, man, you you got handles for a big guy. Like, let's keep working on that. Keep building the skill level and keep getting you taking risks because you also have the mobility and skating ability to cover up for your own mistakes a little bit more than I think he does. So I personally would see where that experiment goes. And I think people might sort of just see what he does really well now and kind of go, you know, if you get a good bottom two pair defensive defenseman in the late first round, that's fine. Um, but I look at some other defensemen in the first round and go, yeah, they don't, they don't really have the defensive instincts and, and abilities that, that Simashev showed. Uh, so, I mean, and again, I know, I know some NHL scouts had him in a similar range as where I had him. Um, and I think a lot of people sort of saw the same potential, but also saw the really good defensive play that you just don't see from players like him very often. We we have a uh, a prospect expert that's in house that Locked On Network
0: who also did have him pretty high and um and he pretty much gave like a potential ceiling for Shemeshev as around a top pair defenseman is that
1: around where you view him I, I think so I mean you see again I I don't see very many other six foot five defensemen that skate like him that were that effective in the KHL who can step up from the blue line and do what he was doing once in a while. You know, like it wasn't all the time. And sometimes there, he was a little rough around the edges. Like, you know, I'm not going to say he's perfect, but just with the physical tools, he's got the skating tools and the skill that he's shown. Like in my data set, he was one of the best passers in the draft for defensemen, especially he closed out a ton of defensive transitions really, really effectively. He just, you know, he, and he had that ability to, just not lose the puck. He he found ways out of situations with his feet, with his hands, with his passing. You know, he was creating new passing options. And I, those are things to me where if you're a defenseman, the more you do that, the better off you're going to be. And he's got the defensive play on top of that when he doesn't have the puck. So to me, yeah, I do, I do think he could be a top pair guy. I think he could be a really, really, really gifted defenseman that teams are looking for. Six foot five, skates really well. Really good skill, good brain in terms of deception and connecting passes. Just a guy who is really dependable with a little bit of that oomph to his game, with a little bit of that, you know, flair. And and that I I don't remember the last time I've seen a defenseman like that. And and again, I was waiting for other guys to knock him down, and it just it, it just didn't happen. I ju- I just liked him more, I guess. Well.
0: Um, you, you, made, I think a, like, you know, a, a comparison earlier, what, 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 what would be maybe, maybe some other comparisons, comparables, um, that, uh, that you think that listeners might like to hear said,
1: Hey, that, you know, Shemeshev can be this kind of player. Yeah. I think a lot of people are pointing out like more at cider comparisons and I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd put him in the same boat as more at cider, I think defensively, he's kind of in that same boat, but uh, I'm, try- I'm I'm also killing time before I pull up a list of NHL defensemen. Um, You know, like I, I read, uh, I think it was in Elite Prospects ringside, someone, there was an NHL scout quote who was out there calling him like similar to Alex Petrangelo. And the more I thought about it, the more I went, you know what, like that might actually kind of make a little bit of sense where you have this guy with size who has this offensive skill this potential for point production, you know, Alex Petrangelo scored 11 goals this year. I don't know if Simashev is going to be a guy who's scoring a ton of goals. He doesn't have that heavy point shot that you like to see, but Petrangelo is a guy who, when you throw him over the bench 25 minutes a night, he's not going to screw up. And he's also going to play with some flair and push play himself. And so to me, Like, maybe that's something in there. Like, again, I I watch him play over and over and over again. And, And when there are guys where I am much higher on than most people, I watch them the most because I want to be absolutely sure that I'm seeing what I'm seeing and that I'm writing down everything that I can possibly think of about the guy. And with him, I just didn't find a whole lot of holes. Like, I'm going down this list, you know, maybe he doesn't have quite the shot or offensive zone vision that a Victor Hedman does, but he's similarly sized. I'd say he skates similarly well at the same age. Played in a professional league at the same level. Didn't look out of place there. And and over time, you saw a lot more come out of a guy like Victor Hedman over time. So, am I saying that they're the same player? No, but I think that with the right trajectory and and enough time, you could end up with a guy who's a lot more offensively productive than he is already. Um, but at the very least you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm trying to think here, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, those are the names that come to mind for me. Brady Shea might be a floor there, like a solid defense first guy who has 30, 40 points a year. You don't really notice him, but you'll, you don't mind having him. I'm sure Carolina doesn't mind having Brady Shea, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to say because there's not very many guys like him. I don't think. So, I mean, if, if, if that's that
0: kind of viewing the as, like, as around the floor compared to you know with those two like you know those several players you mentioned like you know that's enough to, for Coyotes fans to be excited for i would say
1: i i again like i saw people making i saw people making jokes about it and that it was a reach and i re- i was in the arena when they picked him and there was this like weird sound that came from the fans in the arena going like who is this guy and why would you pass on Matvey Michkov and i mean look if it's sound it, the the rumor or the word out of Arizona is that it didn't sound like Mitch Cobb wanted to go there. Simashev and boot sounded like they wanted to go there. That to me, that's enough to go, you know what? We really like this guy. Let's just take him. And I, again, like I, I, I think the only reason people wouldn't be excited is by looking at his point totals, but I, I am absolutely certain that he is much better than his NHL would say, or his point totals or whatever you want to say just, and it takes, half of a game to notice what he brings that's that's so special to the game um and and i've got lots and lots of video evidence to prove it so yeah if i'm a coyotes fan i'm thrilled that that seems good
0: and i I, want to go back to that you know to that moment he got drafted too because i think it was interesting because like you know as as much as we're talking how you know talking as highly as we can about him it was funny i think when the camera panned over to him i think even he was surprised right that early
1: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I spoke to a couple of NHL guys over the course of the season and I sort of went, you know, I'm seeing a lot of this kid. Like I like him more than Ryan Bacher. I'm going down the list of defensemen and he might be the number one defenseman out there. And a couple of them, I'd say more than, more often than not, they were like, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I spoke to one scout who had him at five, right? Like just some guys just see the potential with him and I don't know. I, I've been wrong before, but, you know, I think it's a, I think it was perfectly reasonable in that slot. Um, I, you know, I had a feeling they were going to go that direction based on what I was talking to people about leading into the draft. And when it happened, I wasn't surprised, you know, maybe, maybe you could have made the argument that him and but would be flipped around the other way. That would have also been a little bit silly, crazy, but that either way I had a feeling they would come away with one or two of those guys and you know, good for him. It's, it's really good for him. And if he's surprised, he's surprised, but it, to me, that means he just doesn't really know how good he could be, which leans into how he plays where there's those offensive flashes, but you want him to show more, you see the potential. And, and it's like, you know, this is how much we believe in you. Here's where we think you could go, you know, and and here's what we want to see out of you. So I hope they develop him well because I think if you encourage him the right ways, I don't know. To me, there's there's tons of ceiling to him. So let's get to maybe like maybe
0: what how you view the timeline for him to be. Because I think when I talked to him, like, he says he wants to get to North America as soon as he can. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, he does still have his contract contract in Russia. And he um, still leaves him at, at the very least two years from even making it here to North America. How soon do you think he's
1: going to make it to the NHL? I mean, again, he already played in the KHL for quite a while. And for a long time, he wasn't playing no minutes. He was playing minutes and he didn't look out of place there. I, I, again, I saw quite a few games of him there. I'm surprised he got sent back down to junior, but I mean, I would be curious to see if he gets another, if he just does one more season with Yaroslavl at the pro level. Like I don't want to see him in junior anymore. I want to see him tested. I want to see him playing. You know, it's not a matter of physically filling out. He's already 200 pounds. He's already six foot four. Like, he's already just solid. And, and I, I think he's ready for full-time KHL time. I hope I'm right. Um, I might not throw him in the NHL right away, but I would at least be very, very curious about how he performs in camp next year. I think in the KHL, the way it works is the player has to buy their own way out of their contract. And maybe buying yourself out of two years of a pro contract might be a little bit expensive. If he plays the year, maybe buys himself out of his last year of his contract and comes over then I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, at the worst case, you're waiting two seasons for him. I would expect if he goes there for two seasons, he could probably step in or at least be an extremely talented AHL defenseman. Um, But I, I would think that, He'll be added to the or I almost said Phoenix added to the Arizona sort of stable. Uh, I think he'll at least get a pretty close look next year, if not in two years. Um And I, I would say anything more than that might be, you know, probably unnecessary. Which which, which definitely makes sense,
0: which is good to hear. And it seems like yeah, at the very least, hey, will be at, like you know, even if he's not one hundred percent ready, seems like he will be you know very well added to be a really good asset at the Tucson Roadrunners. A, t- right. a team that everyone here has know I covered for so long, or, or you know, becoming asset to the Coyotes, which again I think is again even more of a reason for these for these fans to be excited for him. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: that I you know with with a little bit of the time the, that we have left, uh, I want to go more in depth about this another time, but I just want to get some, you know your thoughts on another player too, because I think this is something that I think has like other people scratching their head even more people than it had more people scratching their heads than than and that was with Daniel Boot because like I think people even didn't even have Daniel Boot on their radar at all um but again I looked at yours at at your rankings from pre-draft and um I think he was at number 10 for you or
1: yeah he was at 10 on my list yeah so I mean what do you want to know about Daniel Boot because he is a fascinating player like I loved I, I loved his story arc this year. Like, I remember watching him last year, you know, in KHL preseason. I think he started the year on the KHL team. And I, I pretty quickly was like, wow, this guy's kind of awful. Like, I, I did not see much there. He was a player who I thought had a great shot, but not much else going on. And I thought that he had trouble getting through traffic. He was trying to do too much on his own stick. And I just sort of went, maybe this guy's a power forward one day, but I don't know. Whatever. I don't know what happened specifically, but it, it it didn't take very long. I think I was on a plane to Seattle for the analytics conference in December, and I had a game of Daniel Butt downloaded. So I tracked it on the plane ride there, and, I went, and it was a junior-level game. And I went, okay, this guy's actually really talented. Like, a lot of people were in the draft. This is what I've been telling everybody. A lot of people at the draft were saying, oh, Matt Wood is the next Tage Thompson. If you want the next Tage Thompson, get a guy like Matt Wood. To me, if you want a guy like Tage Thompson, Daniel Butt is Tage Thompson. He's six foot five, already pretty hefty. You know, he is remarkably skilled for a tall player. Just remarkably skilled. A great shooter as well. He developed his shot really well this year. But on top of that, the the playmaking he's got in flashes is really, really impressive. Um, he's a player who I thought just just kept getting better over the course of the year, much better puck protection, you know, still kind of working through like his vision and his passing ability. And, and, but, but he's trying, right? Like he's getting the puck a lot. He's protecting the puck really well. He's getting to the net. He's trying a whole lot of stuff at the junior level. The data was really, really good for him at the pro level. It started off quite poor, but towards the end of the year, there were a couple of games I did where he was, you know, getting to the middle of the ice. He was muscling his way off puck in front of the net. Like you see the potential to do a number of different things very well, right? Like he, he's strong. And if he plays strong, he gets, he can get into scoring position and score. He can also carry pucks himself into scoring position and score. He's, you know, just a, a, also a brilliant shooter from distance, like a really talented shooter. And he's huge. And, and I think, you know, I think a lot of people maybe rightfully see names like Zach Benson and I would say Oliver Moore and go, maybe those guys would be better in Arizona. But I think I think you have to kind of resign yourself sometimes to go, well, they don't fit what they want to be. Like Arizona Coyotes clearly want to be big and and physical and and resilient and whatever. And that's fine to me. You can do that, but you just have to draft players that are like that but also good right like the the thing i always say is are they good and towards the end of the year with Simishev and with but i just came away going yeah they're big yes their nhle doesn't look very good yes they're not like shooting the lights out and scoring a bunch of points but they're good like they're they're big and good and they do a lot of things where i think that in the nhl they're going to be just fine and you you know you look back on drafts in years past, and there's always decisions that are made where you're going, what is that all about? And when it's really sort of weird to a lot of people, sometimes that's when it really works out. Like, I think Daniel Butt has a longer development trajectory than Simishev. I would say, you know, two or three years, you're probably thinking about it. You want him to be a good KHL player first, in my opinion. But I, I think he's going to get there. I, I think he just shows so much and got so much better over the course of this year that you know, with with the package of size and skill and and puck protection and the shot, yeah, th- I think there's going to be a really really solid player there. What, what, what would you consider his and um,
0: I, I guess in, in this way his floor to be? How like what where, where do you see him fit, like fitting in with? The...
1: Yeah, I mean he's got. I, I would say he's got a bit of a low floor. I would say that he is a bit of a risk. You're it's an upside bet. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know, like in the NHL, you put him on the power play, he's got the can't, he's got a real great shot now. Um, and he's, that's a weapon that he can use. Uh, and that's at least, and he's, and he's big. So if he learns how to play sort of a physical role, a little bit more physical off puck than he already is, you know, become a really good puck protector, you know, a strong base on his feet, um, then yeah, I think he could be sort of at the worst, like a third line guy that you put on your power play as a shot option. And he could score points doing that. I think he has potential for more. I again, I, I look at Tage Thompson and how he generates offense, and then I look at Daniel But and how he generates offense with length and skill and 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 skating ability. And I'm going, yeah, I think there's a lot more similarities there than than I think people realize. Um, and I think if the Arizona Coyotes come away with like a Tage Thompson style, high octane offensive guy who's big and skilled and you know also pretty physical. You know, he, he doesn't play center, unfortunately, like like Tage Thompson does. But uh, either way, I don't I don't think you're complaining. I mean, I don't think you know center is the
0: biggest the biggest issue for the Coyotes right now. With, also true uh, <laughs> with uh, you know with with Cooley and everyone else just coming you know coming in. Right, it's, I think yeah, it'll be they'll be fine at that position. <laughs> Um, any, any, anything else that maybe I'm not getting at that getting at that, um, on either of these two players, I feel like you, you feel
1: like, uh, Coyotes fans should know. I mean, at the end of the day, I get why people are skeptical, right? I look at who and what I, I look at where the Arizona Coyotes went last year. And I look at the trades that they made at the draft and I'm going, yeah, you know, they they did okay, but Yeah. And then this year I can see with, especially with all the craziness with the team itself, it's easy to dump on them. Right. And it's easy when you look on Twitter and see the NHL models and all these people who are compiling data going, what were the Arizona coyotes thinking here, but, and I don't want to be the watch the games guy, but in the case of these two players, you kind of have to watch the games and see how they do what they do. And luckily with Russians you've got a longer development curve if you need it it's you know and and i think these two guys are kind of going to need it i'd say Simishev less than but but man if you if you're patient and you bring them along really well and and you just you know and they really want to be in arizona which it seems like they do i'm not concerned i you maybe in 10 years you can look back and go yeah these two players turned out better and they could have done better at 6 and 12 but I'd be very surprised if both of them were complete, you know, zero factors in the NHL, uh, and and they really botched it. I, I would be very very surprised because again, these two guys were guys where I was ready to put them lower on my board, and other guys just did not impress me as much. And I mean, what more could you ask for, right? Like you just ke- I kept coming back to them, especially But towards the end of the year i'm going i can't believe how high this guy is on my board compared to where it was in september but then i go back and watch what i had in my archive in a couple of games or whatever and i'm going okay yeah this guy this kid is just as good as it's just like Simashev. he's just as good as a lot of the kids in that mushy 10 to 20 range i i yeah and i came around pretty hard on on but and Simishev, i would say awesome
0: well, well, uh, let's go ahead and leave the uh, the last minute or two to kind of help, uh, you know, let you uh, self promote yourself and you know where people find can find you.
1: Yeah, so I'm on a bit of a quasi-sabbatical uh, right now trying to get some stuff in the private world going. Um, I'm more focused on trying to help teams out outside the NHL. So CHL teams, USHL teams, you know, the import draft was today uh so i would love to be able to sort of help more on that side so i'm trying to approach organizations there if there are any that are listening that would like to you know have a have a a fresh uh look on things that's more up the alley that i kind of offer on the data and video combined side uh my dms are open and i'm happy to to chat um so i i am working on another sort of operation um in secret i guess you could say more targeted outside the nhl to try to help those organizations recruit players and and all that stuff so that's been a lot of fun to work on um you know scouching maybe back at some point in the future we'll see um but so far uh it's been nice to have some time off and uh work on some other projects that uh that i really want to sort of dig into a little bit
0: awesome well we really appreciate you uh coming on the show
1: yeah absolutely anytime
0: well, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, and subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube and the SiriusXM radio app. Don't forget to interact with us on social media or on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes, and on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Matthew Jacobson is at the AZ Sports Guy. Interact with us. Ask a question you might have. We might interact right back or on a future episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.